Uh-oh, stream time alert. Woo, woo, woo. You know what that sound means. It's now streaming. Well, gotta stream. I'm too old for this stream. Welcome to Now Streaming. Now Streaming on Now Streaming, where we learn what we are now streaming. Now you gotta ask yourself, did I watch three movies or four? I came in to do two things. Shoot bubblegum and tell you what I've been streaming. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I got you for 15 minutes. I'll stream what she's streaming. Honey, where are my streams? I streamed you, Bruce. I streamed you. It ain't about how hard you can stream. It's about how hard you can get streamed and keep streaming forward. That's how streaming is done. What we've got here is a failure to stream. We're streaming along because it's now streaming time. How do you spell that? Now, now streaming. streaming. This week on Now Streaming. Welcome to Now Streaming. This week, before we get kicked off on what we've been streaming, we have some fan feedback. Uh, number one, this comes from Mailbag, Mailbag. Our the Mailbag. Yeah, it came from the fan uh, <laughs> who suggests who had a topic suggestion for us. Uh, what movie scenes caused you the most anxiety? Uh, he gave us some examples here. Uh, Armageddon, push the button, Harry. I don't think he's listened to Podmageddon episode yet. Uh, this is actually like the day before we posted it, I think. Uh, the Mrs. Doubtfire scene when she's in the restaurant and switching back and forth in and out of disguise. <laughs> Pretty dumb. The Casino Royale chair torture scene. Ooh, uh, wow. We're the three that Dale Ooh. listed for us. So, uh, yeah. are, there, are there anything that come off the top of your head? Or is this something we want to do a bigger pot on later on? Yeah, that, that might deserve more thought. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's no, no secret. I've talked about it several times now. You're a fan oh. of the opera again? Yes. <laughs> she says. I won't ever get over it. I don't think you guys understand the emotional trauma I carry because of that movie. I don't think we ever will either. No, you can't. Uh, and we also got a uh, we got a, a listener that was pretty upset with us over our pod, Mageddon pod, uh, because uh, Crawford, you dismissed space dementia so quickly and so easily. And uh, <laughs> Tiffany, uh, first time caller, longtime listener, one time guest host Potter, uh, sent us a link. <laughs> That is titled Mars Tourism Will Probably Fry Your Brain to Bits, Surmise of Science. The tagline is Space Dementia is Real and 34 Million Mile Trips May Induce It. And I'll be honest, I read about three paragraphs of this article. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this article at its word. And I'm not going to go to Mars because I don't want to be duct taped to a chair like Steve Buscemi and Podmageddon or Armageddon, which we talked about in our podcast entitled Podmageddon. Uh, so there's some some fan feedback. Uh, oh, one person, I, had, I know you dream about getting taped to a chair like Steve Buscemi. One of these listeners has <laughs> definitely listened to Podmageddon. The other one I don't think has yet, uh, but we'll hopefully be getting to that soon. Um, this week in now streaming, uh, I've finished up Ted Lasso season two. Did you? Are you guys caught up? Yes. Yeah. So interesting. It's wonderful. Did not see the turn coming there. Don't know where that came from. Uh, I will not. I will not give away spoilers to those who have not seen. Yeah. Um, I, I will say one thing I've heard about Ted Lasso that I really like. First of all, Bill Lawrence is is great. Yeah. You know, we all love him for his work on Cougar Town, obviously. <laughs> um, but 
the the thing I thought that was really cool is that apparently when they sat down with all the actors early on, they presented them with uh, three season arcs. So oh. um, the the turn or the reveal, which I think you're referring to, um, he knew that was coming. He knew that was going to be his character's arc when he first took the job. Wow! Uh, and so, and he actually did some live tweeting during some of the episodes, talking about like, hey look for this, look for this, you know, obviously the show is about Ted, so he gets all the attention, but look for these small details going on in the background uh, because all these characters know eventually where they're going. So they're trying to lay the groundwork for you. That is wild because I did not see it coming at all. And I was kind of like, I was kind of out of left field. Like I kind of didn't see it coming. I'm, I'm with you as well. There are definitely parts of it where I was like, that seems a little forced. Yeah. And then, uh, I also watched the first 10 minutes of Any Given Sunday and I turned it off because first time I've ever seen Any Given Sunday, I got to the part where Cameron Diaz is on the phone with her agent saying, they didn't pick up the bandit backside blitz. Get me an O-line coach who can do that. I was like, done, out. This movie's over. This movie's stupid. So I bailed on that. And it's- I realized Any Given Sunday uh, was bogus. Um, someone pointed out to me the other day that there are a handful of Sundays that you don't play football in the year. Yeah. So the fact that any given Sunday is the title for your football movie, where I don't know, yeah. I don't know the math on that, but about half of your Sundays. <laughs> it's a little more than half your Sundays apply. you're not playing football. I yeah. was told there would be no math. <laughs> uh, and Adrian and I have been watching, we just finished last night, Midnight Mass. And I doubt either of you guys are in on Midnight Mass because you are like me. And we are not scary movie people. Uh, but Midnight Mass is a show on Netflix directed by Mike Flanagan. And he has done a bunch of good horror movies. He also directed The Haunting of Hill House, which is on Netflix. And I believe we spoke about it on an earlier episode of the podcast. This one I have uh, heard about. Okay, so Haunting of Hill House is incredible. And I don't care if you don't like scary movies. If you just like good movies, movies that are made well. And it's a TV show, so... Uh, it, but they're all movie quality. If you just enjoy good cinema, Haunting of Hill House is for you. It is kind of scary, but the, um, the plot is incredible. The directing is incredible. The acting is incredible. Then he goes and he does another, he does a sequel uh, to uh, Haunting of Hill House called Haunting of Bly Manor. And it's okay. It's not as good. And then he comes out with Midnight Mass this year. And it is really, really good. It is less scary than Haunting of Hill House. So I would say if you're trying to get into uh, maybe Mike Flanagan's work, I would say start with Midnight Mass. And if you like Midnight Mass and you can handle the jump scares in Midnight Mass, then you can handle the haunting of Hill House. Uh, But it being close to uh, Halloween, why not sit down and watch a scary movie with your loved ones? Maybe, Maybe snuggle when it's scary and maybe keep a blanket nearby so you can put it over your eyeballs when it does get scary. But Midnight Mass is really, really good. Uh, but the haunting of Hill House is where it's at. So I would suggest either of those two for your Halloween viewing pleasure. Um, Drew Allen, what have you been? Yeah. We've been streaming, man. I'm now streaming. <laughs> That's so kind of you to ask. I didn't know you were going to ask me that. Uh, before we get on to my now streams, I, I love that recommendation. I am trying to get into scary movies, but I think we've said on the podcast during one of our scary movie reviews that um, I think the jump scares are kind of a little cheap. It's like there's, there's no way to not be scared. It is just kind of, I, I prefer kind of the plot building up and 
what was the uh, malignant the movie that we reviewed? I yeah. thought that did a great job with their scare. There, there were some jumpy, scary moments, but they were filmed in a way that you are like a part of the scene and the panning, like the the cinematography is what I don't, I don't know. It was just done a lot better to where I didn't feel cheated into a scare. Yeah, I didn't feel. I'll, like we'll tell you this: in the second episode of Midnight Mass, there there are a bunch of winners throughout the series. In the second episode, there is a wonder that lasts seven and a half minutes long. Ooh. I went back and rewatched the scene because about halfway through the scene, I was like, man, this has been a really long one shot. <laughs> and then I watched the scene. I was like, I have to go back and time that. It was seven and a half minutes long. And he does stuff like that throughout both The Haunting of Hill House and Midnight Mass, which makes it a lot of fun. If you just like good movies, good, good storytelling, yeah. it's about how they suggest. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Great recommendation. I'll probably throw that on. Tis the season. My now streams have been mostly centered around Squid Game, which I know we've mentioned on the past three or four weeks of the podcast, and I have finally caught up in Dear Lord. From episode three on, I was bought in, yeah. and episode six broke me to the point where I was like, I hate this show. I went through like yes. the five stages of depression, like yeah. denial, anger, uh, all of the stages, and it was depressing. And for those of y'all who have not watched Squid Game, I don't know who you are, go out and watch it. Um, and if you can't make it through, that's okay because it does start off pretty slow, especially if you do the English dubbed. Like that voice acting is not easy to get through, especially when it's 35 minutes of a dad just being a poor father and a gambler yeah. and his life just kind of sucking. Drew Crawford, have you finished Squid Game? Uh, no. I. You quit, didn't you? I just finished episode five the other day. I finally you were on episode five last time we recorded. I know. I didn't watch it for a week because I was mad. It's understandable. <laughs> it, I didn't it, I didn't finish it. And Drew Allen back me up. If I'm totally wrong, I'm wrong. But episode six is one of the no. best payoffs. I, I would agree. And Crawford, to your point, I think had I not watched the whole thing through, I would be pretty upset and been like, meh. I because I do I remember not liking the show at the beginning. But once you make it through all nine episodes. I got to the point where I was like, this was a good enough show that I've forgotten why all the things yeah. I did not like about it at the beginning. Yeah. I, I will say when I went back and finished uh, the end of episode five, I liked where the story was headed. There was enough intrigue going on. They had multiple storylines going, like they were starting to connect. And I was like, okay, I'm now interested. So I'll, I'll finish this week. It's my solemn. <laughs> you were so interested. Get off my back. Off seven days. The, the, to give the show some credit, to build up a show around close to 500 characters where you kill off most of them, it's kind of hard <laughs> to set a bunch of groundwork for a ton of characters that a good point. <laughs> won't pay off very much. But the last, I don't know, three or four episodes, I think you really get, like you said, the payoff for some catharsis for the first five episodes of being like, yeah. this is a crazy premise. Yeah. So I'm... Um, Try not to give anything away to our, you know, one avid listener, but uh, <laughs> the the moment that did it for me at the end of episode five, when I finally went back and finished the last 15 minutes was when the detective finds the room with all the books. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there is so much more to the story now. Now I'm very interested. Yeah. And I'm trying not to give any way any more details away, but like that was the I, moment that it clicked for me that this is not just 
uh, happening. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, so that I, was the moment. I heard I heard today that on the radio today that Netflix released that it's that Squid Game has been streamed on 135 million TVs so far, which makes me think you are probably the last person to finish Squid Game. So I don't know if you'd be spoiling for anybody who's listening, but I appreciate that about you. Go the extra mile. Apparently, uh, I forget who was mad, but like the country of South Korea was trying to get Netflix to slow down their streaming of it because they were clogging all the broadband (laughs) in in South Korea because everybody was streaming this show. Yeah. That's I'm excited. Incredible. Um, and since I didn't have much else to add to the podcast as far as what I'm streaming currently, I'll throw another recommendation out uh, for the movie This Is 40 uh, by Judd Apatow <laughs> starring uh, Leslie Mann and uh, Paul, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. I just for, I just And then all the name. other people that are always in Judd Apatow's movies. <laughs> yes. Um, it's hilarious. I, you're, our one fan recommended I watch Parenthood back in the day. And that was very funny kind of uh, comedy about this is life, this is parenting, you know, from a couple different angles. And I think This is 40 is a great, a little bit more modern take on that, specifically from one family. Uh, kind of, I think it follows a very similar structure. And I like both of those movies. And so I'd recommend This is 40 to just about anybody. And this is coming from somebody who is almost 30. And it, I felt very, <laughs> very, felt like it was very relatable uh, just for the few years that I've been married. Um, it's been very fun and hilarious to watch and see kind of them go through their struggles through two of the most charming people I've ever seen on stream. So I'm like almost 30. You can't say you're almost 30. That makes me feel like I'm almost 40 when you're like, yeah, I'm almost 30. Like, no, <laughs> you're not. No. Drew, handsome Drew and I are almost 30, and that makes Correct. me sad. <laughs> I didn't feel super close to 30, but I felt kind of like a cheese head to be like, oh, I'm in my mid-20s when I'm, I'm <laughs> about to age out of that benefit. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Crawford, what about you, man? What have you been streaming? Uh, the main thing I watched was the brand new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Did you stream it? Or did you go see it? I, I went and saw it. And also, by Good. the way, I went and saw it with um, a group, somebody I knew had rented out the theater and brought like 20 people to go see it. Uh, guys, that was the best experience ever. Uh, so I didn't know you could rent out theaters for brand new movies. And apparently you can. It's like 200 bucks and you can just bring as many people as you want to fill out the theater. So, I mean, honestly, it ends up being cheaper or about the same price as just buying a regular ticket. But you just go with all your friends. It was awesome. I, how was the movie? Did you enjoy it? Was it a good it was, send-off? It was very good. I loved it a lot. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys have read any reviews or storyline things or whatever um don't go see the movie going in free-spirited on your own because uh, other people will ruin it for you uh but it was very very good i enjoyed it a lot there was a lot of the nostalgia to it um uh, you know doing some of the old classic tropes uh and you know the lines and the gadgets and the things you love but daniel craig does such a great job with the character uh i really liked the storyline um it's no secret. Rami Malek is, you know, the villain. Um, 
and he does a fantastic job. Um, so it was two and a half hours, two hours, 40 minutes, something like that. And it was so good. I can't recommend it enough. Okay. All right. Yeah. They definitely seemed like they had a lot more fun, kind of, like you said, bring up the Bond tropes just in the trailer. I'm glad to hear that kind of pans throughout the whole movie. Because when Daniel Craig took over the Bond role, they kind of set off with Casino Royale to be like, this is not your daddy's Bond. Yeah. We're going to do cheesy gadgets and lines and stuff. We're not going to reference it maybe a little bit, but this is all about the action and the story and the plot and poker. But <laughs> it, I, I kind of missed the the... Names Bond, James Bond, the Hot Martinis, you know, yeah. the best all that jazz. The yeah, car so, with machine guns coming out of the headlights. So they definitely you know. kept the story seemingly grounded in reality, right? It's not Pierce Brosnan Bond where just like anarchy is happening and everybody's just okay with it because you're like, ah, oh, it's cool. It's you mostly kept- grounded in reality. Like you feel like most all of these things could be happening, but there is some of the gadgets like the uh, guns out of the headlights and stuff like that. Um, I will say I now understand why they did not release it until now. Um, Yes. It's supposed to be a a big blockbuster that they didn't just want to feed to the wolves of empty theaters, but um, also without giving any of the plot away, there is like a biochemical agent involved in this that could potentially cause like a worldwide global pandemic and murder all the people it's a chimera and uh copy chimera from i can i could see that going poorly yeah uh, being received poorly by audiences in the middle of covid yeah that makes sense Uh, so i get it i get it uh but yeah that's that's the main thing i've been streaming uh, I did also watch another episode of Turner and Hooch, so sue me, all right? <laughs> Having a great time, everybody. Calm down about it. Uh, well, that's what we've been streaming. So thanks for listening to Not the Podcast You Deserve. If you have some recommendations for us or uh, something else that you want to hear, uh, reach out to us on Twitter at NTPYD Podcast or email us at NTPYD Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Crushed it. <laughs>